Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa travel guide and stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying. Welcome to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa, our weekly countdown of the opportunities and experiences that travelling offers. I'm Tom Edwards. This week, we're continuing our global culinary trip with a pit stop in London. Leo Paskin used to be one half of DJ duo Leo and Bushwhacker, which took him to cities around the world. When Paskin wasn't behind the decks, these trips fueled a love for food. And after launching two nightclubs back in London, which he then sold he knew it was time to put everything he'd learned about food into his own restaurant. He opened the Palomar in 2014 with his sister Zoe, a Soho haunt serving up delicious food of modern Jerusalem. This was inspired by a meeting with some local chefs while on a trip to Israel, who became collaborators on the project. Since then, Paskins opened up a second restaurant called the Barbary, and today he tells us how travel has inspired his culinary adventure. Before I launched the restaurant, I was a DJ for nearly 20 years. I had a very, very, very hectic travel schedule, which was involving, roughly speaking, 150 gigs a year around the world, which involved every weekend four or five flights. So every weekend was a sort of different country, sometimes two, three countries in a weekend. But that led to, obviously, a huge connection with many different cultures around the world. And a growing taste that probably began when I was about seven with food but just got more and more and more pronounced as the years went on and I I slowly realised that I was more interested in the food and the travel than I was in the DJing by the very end. We were taken to a restaurant in the market in Jerusalem called Makhnoud and we'd been before and we were introduced to the, the chefs and we started this conversation, we told them we were thinking of opening a restaurant and they were like, oh, we'd really love to open in London. They followed through, they came to London, then we went back to Jerusalem, we started these conversations and we talked about the kind of restaurant we wanted to do. They talked about the kind of things that they were interested in. Obviously we made it clear that we weren't doing their restaurant in London, it's not, not a franchise, we're creating a whole new restaurant which they were very keen on. I mean, they have three restaurants in Jerusalem, they're all totally different. And we just sat down one day after these three or four meetings and we shook hands and we said, OK, let's go 50-50 and create a restaurant. And then about a year and a half later, the Palomar was born. When we decided to do it, and Soho was pretty much our first choice, we wanted to create something that was classic, that was timeless. And then we thought of the whole nature of 
food and travel and what had actually created these recipes passing down from generation to generation. And we sort of deemed the whole look and feel. We worked on this title of The Collector and the Traveller. And it was this idea that the golden age of travel, which is how we then formed the whole logo and everything with the Palomar, the look inside with all the old wood, like a sort of old 30s railway carriage. And we just worked with this premise, keeping the food very authentic, but with a kind of an idea and a theme and a romance around the whole presentation of it. Food fits far too much into my travelling life. I mean, now I sort of do at least three or four trips a year around the world in different places for different reasons, researching. And it just is a massive, massive part of the whole way in which myself, my sister, we look at what we create now. It's not that you go to other cities and think, oh, that's a great restaurant, let's do that in London. It's not like that at all, but it's like you go into one place and you think, oh, I really like the way they served the wine, you know, Freeport. I, I really like the way they asked about serving you at the bar. I think that's a really clever use of a vegetable. It's really subtle, a lot of it, and some of it's really direct, but all of it's sort of very postmodern. It's just a kind of mishmash of different things, and then we form that around the idea that we originally have about what we're trying to create. We've been looking into, over the past year, coffee shops and delis for something we're looking at doing. And then that takes us everywhere from, you know, the way food is presented in a kind of beautiful cheese or butcher's or baker in Paris. It would take us to New York. It goes to old Italian delicatessens. Then I would look at all modern coffee shops everywhere from sort of Stockholm to Tokyo. It, it takes lots of different things. And, you know, some of it ends up being a bit of an excuse to go to some of these places. But that's something we have been working on. When we did the Barbary, we went a lot to Andalusia, Istanbul. We went up to northern Israel on the border with Syria, parts of Morocco. We hone in and a kind of idea about what we want to do. And then we start to sort of, you know, craft around that idea. And some of it doesn't go anywhere and some of it goes exactly where you want it to. I love the adventure and I love seeing what other people try to create, whether it's their family have been doing it for three generations or they've, you know just left uh, culinary school and they're taking a pun. That was Leo Paskin, co-founder of the Palomar there, which is well worth a visit on your next trip to London. You've been listening to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa. Be sure to pick up the forecast, which contains all 100 items on our list in full, including some of our favourite drinking and dining spots around the globe. It's available on all good newsstands now. Over this series, we'll be exploring the opportunities, destinations and experiences that travel with Lufthansa provides. And we invite you to join us on this countdown to your next journey. Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but on board Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa Travel Guide and stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet, or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying.